All right, so in our study of the tabernacle, in our study of the tabernacle, for those of you who were here last week, you may remember that we're doing kind of a two sections of the book of Exodus at the same time. I'm referring to it as the design and build components because uh, God gives Moses the instructions, the pattern, basically starting in Exodus 25 and continuing for a few chapters. But then in Exodus 35, we see the action of the children of Israel associated with that. So the design here, uh, these verses will look familiar because they in fact are the same verses from last week. We're we're covering the same content, but from a different approach, different angle. And um, so we'll we'll continue to, uh, to work through that. Uh, The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering of every man that will give give it willingly with his heart. You shall take my offering. So we looked at the offering process last week. And this is the offering which ye shall take of them. Gold and silver and brass and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and ram's skin dyed red and badger's skin and shittim wood, oil for light, Spices for the uh, for anointing oil and for sweet incense, onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. Okay, so then over in Exodus thirty five, we see the reaction. You have uh, the response. You have those uh, verses in front of you. Very very similar. They cover in fact the same materials. So today the message is going to be on the materials. Uh, these are. Uh, again, this is a slide from last week. Gold, silver, brass, blue, purple, scarlet, fine linen, goat's hair, ram's skins dyed red, badger skins, shittim wood, oil, spices, onyx stones, and then some other general stones that are not specifically listed. Now, we're going to do basically cover three areas. We're going to talk about the kind of the preparation of these materials. We touched on that last week. We're also going to look at um, the the kind of the purpose uh, behind each one, right? And and how each is important, right? Kind of the 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 nature of them and how the Lord can can use them. So if I can get my computer to react appropriately here. Um, the first is most are naturally occurring. We touched on this last week. The only one that's not naturally occurring is brass. Okay, brass is an alloy that took two metals pushed together. So you may see in scripture brass and copper inter, interlinked, uh, that they are in essence the same. Uh, some people want to make a really big deal out of this and say the you know, Bibles are incorrect by using the term brass because brass would have it was actually copper because the zinc and uh, zinc and, and um, what's the other thing that's uh, copper copper yeah, yeah copper and zinc um, uh, you know percentages only up to eighty percent makes it uh, it should have been bronze uh, like okay come on that's today's standards. Like today's terminology, the scripture is not wrong. Um, there was brass. It was the only thing that was mixed together. So some of these, while they're most are naturally occurring, I put some of these were received. Where were they received? In Egypt, 
before they left. And I put some question marks because the three that are specifically listed in Exodus chapter 11, so go ahead and turn there if you're, if you're not already in, in scripture or, uh, you know, if, you had, if you're just looking on the page. I don't think this one's on your, on your page, but Exodus chapter 11 uh, in verse two, speak now in the ears of the people and let every man borrow of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor jewels of silver and jewels of gold. We also see this happen. There's also another reference to the fine linen as they're, um, as, as they're leaving. So, so the point here is we can definitively say gold, silver, and fine linen were taken from Egypt. But I put question marks because the reality is all of these other things were probably not located on the path of the Exodus, right? They probably weren't walking along the road and saw, oh, say, onyx stones laying around or, I don't know, purple or scarlet robes, right? Or material or the, even the, chem- the chemicals, the dyes that were necessary to dye that. Even, uh, even the fine, you know, like the fine linen would have come. So even the, the and we'll, we'll talk about how we get to these, uh, how they got these colors and that like in a few minutes. But I am probably of the camp that these things came with them as part of this borrowing process. Now, I, I could probably be a little more dogmatic on onyx and the other stones because if you look at our verse in, uh, that we just read in Exodus 11 two, speak now in the ears of the people, let every man borrow of his neighbor, every woman of her neighbor, jewels of silver and jewels of gold. So that implies that those were a vessel or something that contained something else, like a brooch. Would con- a brooch of gold or a brooch of silver would contain a jewel. So, um, so typically you don't see the term jewel associated with metal. Right. It's it's not unheard of, but typically you don't see that. So it's probably in the things they borrowed were included the onyx and the other stones that ultimately ended up in the ephod. So I'm I'm pretty pretty confident, not dogmatic about any of this. Uh, but but bear, hang with me for just a minute because you're going to see, irrespective of where the things came from, there's purpose uh, purpose in them. Some were gathered, so they could have easily picked up uh, or cut down shittim wood along the way, right? Now, maybe there's, in certain areas, more access than others. I didn't really go into it. And even some of the spices, uh, they could have traded for those. They could have collected those. So there, there are some concepts were received, and, and maybe you could make an argument that the spices were received in Egypt too. Uh, not totally convinced of that, but, but I'm, 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 it's more palatable for me that the spices were picked up or traded for along the way. And then there were some that were made, okay? So you don't just walk over and get oil. Usually you have to press oil. The goat's hair, uh, I was not aware that there are certain types of goats that need shearing uh, to honestly to remain healthy, to have a healthy coat and healthy, uh, I guess, life. I don't know if that's the right term. Kind of like sheep. That 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 that's actually not unheard of even today to shear certain types of goats. So they could have done that in real time, right? They probably didn't bring goat's hair with them. But remember back to our previous studies uh, in the book of Exodus, there were herds 
there were cattle, which was not just cows, but it was all types of animals that came with them. So really pretty good uh, chance that the goat's hair was actually, if you will, processed on site. Okay. Uh, and we'll get more into that. Ram's skins uh, dyed red. I mean, at this point, uh, I probably wouldn't take the time to bring a ram skin if I had rams. So, uh, I mean, maybe I did, uh, but, but, but probably uh, that was something they could have dealt with uh, at, at the time. Again, I'm not dogmatic about any of this, but, and then the same with the badger's skins. Um, they could have, uh, and badgers is probably a fairly broad term. We think of a specific term of badger uh, as a specific animal, but it would be more like maybe we would use the word rodent now. I don't, and although that's not the best term. Uh, so, so, but, but that's kind of the way we would maybe think about it today. So my point is some were received, some were gathered and some were made. Each one of these things each one of these things had a beginning that didn't rely on the children of Israel themselves, right? Whether they were made in Egypt and they brought them, whether they were growing along the roadside and they were gathered or cut down like wood, or whether they had to do something and had to pick up and then do the, all of that preceded the journey. Every one of these things proceeded. That means the Lord was at work in these materials before the need existed. Okay? The, the corollary here is the Lord has been at work in your life before your opportunity to minister ever came up. Before your interaction with your coworker, before your ministry at this place or in other places, before your ability to study and preach, the Lord was at work. He was giving you experiences. He was teaching you through his Holy Spirit. He was doing things, working in your life to prepare you for the point where your service could become realized. And he does the exact same thing with these materials. He's been preparing some of them. When you look at the stones... For thousands of years before, before they were needed, he was at work. And that's where I, sometimes I have a really, I, I think I've, I've seen it a couple of times kind of pictorially or, or visually in movies where Jesus is a young man, you know, as a teenager or a preteen going into Jerusalem and then he, you know, he stays at the temple and, you know, that scene kind of played out in a movie where he's walking and he can see the crucifixions happening because crucifixions weren't just a one-time thing with, you know, with, you know, with Jesus, they were a way of execution that, you know, he had to have seen that. He had to have known when he created the earth, the hill that he was going to die on. Like, I have a hard time wrapping my brain around that. The point is, God is at work well before the need. Well before the actual uh, realization of the ministry. In all of these things, there was a, a seed that fell on the ground and shittim wood started, to, a tree started to grow. The, 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 the animal lineage of all those animals, like they were going before. The, 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 the gold and the silver placed in the earth well before they were ever fashioned into something worthwhile happened in the earth. God is at work and do not minimize the things that, 
like I've heard it also said, like the journey that you've that you've taken as 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 screwed up, as messed up, as crazy as it might have been, has brought you to this point. Use it for the Lord. Use it. There's some scriptural support for this in Isaiah forty three twenty one. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. The Lord's been working in you, forming you, and arguably conforming you to the image of Christ. He's been forming you for himself, and you will bring forth praise to the Lord. Now, you have a couple options there. You can do it willingly, or you can do it like William Carey's wife, kicking and screaming, being drug onto the missionary boat, which, uh, you know, is always a little weird thing. If you want to read that story, it's kind of, <laughs> kind of a weird deal. But the Lord gets glory out of it, right? Second Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of God, the power may be of God and not of us. These very naturally occurring items, these very simple things... Even the, the, the dyes, which we'll talk about, again, we'll talk about in a minute, those things the Lord put in earthen vessels, and I don't just mean clay jars, but in vessels of things on the earth so that the excellency of the power could be of him, not of us. It's amazing to me that God wants to use us simple, un, un, you know, unintelligent compared to him, unlearned. It's just amazing to me that God chooses to use his people. Ephesians 2 and 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. He ordained before that we should be able to walk in, his, in Christ in, in, under good works. I mean, that's like what an investment that he made in us. It's beautiful. Philippians 2.13, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He prepared these items to create a place where he could interact and abide with his people well before the need actually existed. And he does the same for us. He also will make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. They, see, he does it in a way that brings him glory and that's well-pleasing in his sight. Sometimes that's really edifying for us. We really like it. I, and I, and I, other than just being completely transparent with you all, I don't know how to say this. I love preparing and teaching the word of God. I love it. I love it. Michelle's like nodding back there. She knows, like, she, I'm all in. There are other things that I don't particularly like doing, but sometimes I just got to do it. I just got to lean in because it's not about my pleasure. It's about what the Lord wants and what's pleasing for him, right? Now, sometimes they really align and we get to really enjoy the ministry we're in. Some of you play music and uh, sing or, or minister in all sorts of different ways and serve in, in this place and teach kids. And uh, that's wonderful. Like, honestly, for me, teaching kids, like, I would not, okay. Okay. <laughs> 
Your kids would come out of the class. They would be healthy and happy. They would have learned something about the Lord. But my stress level would have been higher. If a nurse did my blood pressure, it would probably be in an unsafe zone. Okay? I would treat your kids with respect and with love, but that's not my deal. Okay? I'm really happy it is other people. So. Uh, her, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. No, no, that, no, we all, yeah, we, she gets all the, all the credit for that. For Lord. So he's preparing, he is at work preparing a place of worship in you. He's conforming you. He's chiseling away that which looks like sin and doesn't look like Christ. And he's preparing a place for his dwelling. So the building lesson, the Lord can work with whatever material you're made of. And that's the, that's the really cool thing in my mind is it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your experiences. It doesn't matter how screwed up you are. And, uh, you know, hint, we're all screwed up in our own ways, right? We all have our issues. We all have besetting sins. We all have struggles. We all have insecurities. We all deal with pride. Like we're all the same, but just manifest a little different. Okay, every one of us. And if you don't think you're dealing with that, then you have other sin issues that are just hiding that from your face. Like you, you just haven't realized it yet. And he can work with that material. Do not for a minute approach the fact and think God can't use me. In some cases, and here's the hard part. In some cases, your hair is going to be shorn like a goat Okay, and it grows back, and I'm I'm probably partial to the shorn goat. And in other cases, you're gonna die, and he's gonna have to cut your skin off and tan it like leather, like goats and badgers. Now, and I'm not trying to be like heavy there, but he will get the glory out of your life. He will get the glory out of your life. So why don't you get on board? Choose to set the things that, that you decide are issues aside and trust the Lord. Even in, in Hebrews chapter 8, and, and some of these verses will probably, go ahead and turn over to Hebrews chapter 8. Some of these verses we will probably uh, revisit time and time again. These are some of them in Hebrews chapter 8 uh, because of the nature of the tabernacle story. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 5. Um, in verse five and six, who serve unto the um, unto the example and the shadow of heavenly things. What this this tabernacle, the sanctuary that he's talking about uh, in verse two, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, um, who serve unto the example, the shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle for see saith he, that thou maketh all things according to the pattern showed thee in the mount. Why? Because it's important to listen to God and obey him. Yes, but it's also important because of verse six, but now he hath obtained a more excellent ministry by how much um, also he is a mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. The tabernacle is a heavenly shadow, a forward shadow of not just the temple, but our relationship with the Lord and a glimpse into eternity, a glimpse into heaven. So let the Lord work with you, all right? So the materials, 
they all point to this relationship with God. They all point to a relationship with God. Now, you have a chart. I think it's on the back of your page. There are certain words that you can fill in if you so choose. Um, the material, some characteristics about that material, and the kind of spiritual application. Okay? Gold. It's pretty rare, relatively rare, and it's very pure. It can, it can be purified. And the application is it's a picture of the deity of Christ, okay? So, so I struggled a little bit with how deep to go with this because I didn't think I could go with each of these and do like its own study. But you can find this deity of Christ pictured in gold throughout scripture. Silver. Silver has intrinsic value. It was, it was one of the more precious metals that was turned into coins and traded. It was used as currency. And if you remember, 30 pieces of silver is what was the price of Jesus, uh, the, the, the uh, betrayal of Jesus. So it's, it's, it's labeled, if you will, as the redemption, the cost of redemption of Christ. Um, brass. Has a has a real strength and it has endurance as a as a as a as a um, as a as a metal, but also it was used in the tabernacle for judgment and purification. Right, the brazen altar and the brazen laver, a picture. They they needed to be strong to endure the 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 the. Um, the, the repetitive use of fire, the repetitive use of, of movement, etc. Blue, the color of the sky. It's a view of heaven. This, this, it's real interesting. This, this dye, this blue dye is, is so interesting to me. And I'm not sure where my note went on this. So I'm probably going to mess this up. It's, it's, it's not here right at the moment. And I apologize for that. But this blue dye was real interesting because it comes from... It's either blue or purple, and I apologize. It comes from a mollusk that's in the sea, and they would have to crack the mollusk mollusk open and crush it and squeeze it to get this blue out of it. They'd have to kill it to get this blue out of it. It's really, it's, a, it's amazing to me. It made it very expensive. The same with this, this concept of purple and scarlet. Scarlet took, it required a very specific bug to be located and prepared in such a, and, and crushed in such a way that you would get not, it wasn't just blood out of it because that would turn kind of a brown. It was a scarlet chemical that they could use. And so it was expensive to get enough to, to do any sort of, linen to dye any sort of linen so while blue is a is a color of the sky a view of heaven purple is royalty we've seen that all through uh through scripture and through history scarlet is blood-like it's a picture of the sacrificial payment it looks like blood it's a picture of the sacrificial payment the fine linen is righteous covering. Look at Revelation 19 for just a moment. This is one I want to take a, a couple of minutes to look at. Revelation 19 um, in verse 7 and 8. Um, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor unto him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. We are her, are the bride of Christ. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, 
For what? Why? For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Wow. Like literally, it's pictured in this Old Testament tabernacle and a foreshadow of our our righteous covering for all eternity. Man, that's awesome. We were driving here today and there was a guy coming out of a house and getting into a car and he was going to church somewhere. I don't know what the, you know, the nature of his uh, religious uh, persuasion is, but he was wearing what looked like a white choir robe, okay? And I was thinking about this in light of this message, like, there's a, there's a reason people like doing that or that that's a component of certain worship practices because we're going to have these beautiful, fine linen, righteous, this, this clothing of fine linen of righteousness for all eternity. Goat's hair. It's a real interesting because goat's hair is extremely durable, extremely durable. And what did they do? They, they put it as a protection or a separation from the world to keep the elements out of the tabernacle. It's extremely durable. If you want to separate yourself from the world, and I don't mean isolation, like lock yourself in your house and never go to work and never interact with lost people. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you want to protect yourself from the world, the world system and sin penetrating you and your life, you're going to need some durability because it's going to happen over. They're going to be relentless. They're going to be relentless. The, ray, the sun rays are going to be beating down on them. Occasional rains are going to come. It's going to, be, it's going to be repetitive, and you need durability. The rams and badger skins, sacrificed or sacrificial toughened leather. It's literally a picture of the flesh that was sacrificed, um, which separates us from the world in, in the form of Christ. The, the shittim wood. This is really, really interesting to me. So shittim wood, does anybody know the, the common name now of, of shittim wood? Anybody? Acacia. So you may have some acacia slash shittim wood at your home. Now there's different subspecies of shittim wood or acacia, but acacia has become a pretty popular wood around the world. Why? Because it's one of the hardest woods available. <clears throat> And it's basically impervious to water and to insects. This, this is from a woodworking website, not a spiritual one. It's strong, resistant to wear and tear, good waterproof protection, resistant to fung, uh, fungi and insects, has a variety of colors and textures, and can be cleaned and maintained with little effort. Sounds like the perfect wood for a tabernacle <laughs> to me. <laughs> Sounds like a pretty good wood for a chair on my back deck too, right? But for the purposes of a tabernacle, it was perfect wood, perfect wood for it. Um, and then the uh, spices, or the oil rather, that creates light, a picture of the Holy Spirit. And again, we'll, we'll see these in depth as we work our way through the furniture. The, spices, the spices, they had an, an aromatic or a preservation uh, component to them. They were anointed. The, the spices were used in an embalming process or were, grant, were given uh, as gifts as we saw with, with Christ. Uh, it's an anointing. It's a, it's a putting something in its place of, of, of worth and value or, or reverence. It's obviously a picture of prayer. The, the aromatic, the aroma, the sweet smell. Onyx stone, it's kind of interesting. I, I 
kind of considered pulling up pictures and all this, but if you, it's most onyx stone is a stone that has striations in it. It's a beautiful picture of the striped body of our Lord. Like it's a beautiful picture of the fact that the Lord bore our stripes, the marred Christ. And then the stones we've already touched on, they're a creation. They're the earthly connection to God, born from, from him, from his word, from his spoken word. So all of that to say, the Lord uses earthly things to give us a glimpse into heaven, to give us this glimpse into heaven. Each one of these things points to an aspect of Christ or an aspect of the Lord in general and his desire to have a relationship with his people. It's, it's amazing to me, actually, how clear it is and how there isn't, and, and we're going to see more in the structure and the layout. It's really, really cool. He did this on purpose. And there may, and some of you, look, if you're like me, so, so I love being transparent with you all because I feel like I don't have to remember anything, right? Like I don't have to remember what I said, right? Sometimes when preachers preach and they'll say, well, this place is named X beauty because of what happened there. And it's like, well, is it, which came first? Like, was it named that? And then we call it that because it was what happened there was beautiful or was interesting or was ironic or whatever. Like, like Jacob, was he a deceiver because does Jacob mean deceiver or was, do we associate deceiver because he was Jacob and a deceiver? Like sometimes I don't know which comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? Were you saying the chicken or or you were, you were agreeing with me. We were, okay. I was wondering where that brain, that thought came from. So thanks for sharing it. Um, So you don't know which comes first in those situations. And this is kind of the same. Some of these things are called this because of it, but all of them have a fundamentalness in that the Lord prepared them, okay? The Lord prepared them. Uh, Notice they were also for a purpose. So we touched on this just very briefly last week. The oil was for the light and the spices for an anointing oil and for the sweet incense and the onyx stones and the stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate. I highlighted those because some are specifically called out, but all of these had a purpose. (coughs) All of them had a reason the Lord asked someone to give them, asked the, the children of Israel to give them. And I think it's really interesting to me in Ephesians 4, he said, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of, of Christ till we all come into the unity of faith. He didn't, you know, I don't want to be part of hospitality because it's not listed in Ephesians 4 and verse 11 or 12, right? I, I am, I, the cafe, I can only be a part of a ministry and the cafe is not listed. AV is outright, like they didn't even know about PowerPoint back then. So I'm, I can't be a part of it. Well, uh, you know, no, he's just calling. I mean, he even kind of, I think, puts the caveat on there some, right? And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? For the, for the perfecting. He calls, he gives purpose for some of these. But all of the things, I mean, he doesn't call out the purpose of the gold. He doesn't call out the purpose of the shittim wood. Yet, we're going to see that. 
just because your ministry, just because your purpose is not called out, doesn't make it any less important. If you're supposed to be in with the, with the little munchkins, do it. If you're supposed to be in with the high school kids, which are just big munchkins, do it. Um, if you're supposed to be in with, uh, you know, uh, work in hospitality, cafe, secure, do it. Like, I was having a discussion with a pastor about, about this, about our class and traction and trying to make sure people are feeling connected within these, I'll call it these four... 17 walls, whatever this is we got going on here, um, and connecting with each other. And I was really encouraged because some of the connection needs to happen outside of the, this classroom in ministry in this church. Actually, some of the best connection is in that ministry, is in other ministry connections. That's why I like get involved in FOI, get involved in these things. And if you can't be here, I've actually had, and I'm looking at you, every one of you, because I don't want to call anyone out in particular. I've had people in that are sitting in this room right now apologize that they weren't in class because they were serving. You don't need to apologize for not being in class when you're serving. Like, that's what I want you to do. <laughs> that's what I want you to do. I mean, I love seeing you, so I'd like you to serve once or twice a month and then be able to connect here, right? But don't feel like you owe me an apology for not being here when you're doing something else the Lord's called you to do. I mean, that's, that's beautiful. That's awesome. And just because it's not listed, so, all the, so, so hint, that means that these things in Ephesians 4 are kind of fundamental requirements in a church, Okay? Fundamental, you need these things in order for a church to operate, but that doesn't mean you don't need other things, okay? It's not an all or, it's like a, I can't remember the term, there's a logic term for that, but it's kind of like a Venn diagram. You need all of these things for a church to operate, but that doesn't mean that this is all you need for a church to operate, okay? And it's really important that you find that. Even even as we consider, even 1 Corinthians 2.9, um, and God had set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gift of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Like he's trying to prove a point that the list kind of goes on and on. There's a lot of different needs in the body. And, it, and this is not a self-serving uh, statement, but the one... The one time they invited me on the postscript, and they'll probably never have me back, <laughs> um, was to talk about this concept of administration in the church, this concept of governments in the church, and how important that is. It's important as we stand before the state. It's important as we stand before members who, who have a right to know how we spend our money. It's important for visitors to understand the nature and the philosophy, uh, the execution of our ministry. Like all of that is, but, but, but do you know how far down that list it is? It's pretty far. But that doesn't mean I can just say, well, I want to be an apostle first. No, it's okay. We can stay in our lane, do our job, what God's called us to do, and he gets the glory. Yes. It's beautiful. They were all, all of these things were for a purpose. Some were for a structure. Some were for protection from the elements, some for visual separata- separation, some for furniture. And we'll talk more about these in just a second. But each had a purpose, and in some cases, multiple purposes. 
right? The wood, for instance, was for structure and for furniture. Some of the gold was for structure and for furniture, right? It's okay. Some of it had a very specific role. The stones were going to go in the breastplate and the ephod. That's all they were going to do. They had no structural uh, role at all. Does that make them less? No. If the whole body were the eye, where were the hearing? Or where were the smelling? Right? It's okay. Some, some have very flexible jobs and they end up doing multiple things. Others really have very, very specific jobs. It's okay. Do what God's called you to do. 1 Corinthians 3, 9. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. You're God's building. Make sure that at the very least, you're part of the structure. You need to be part of a local church. That's the structure he set up. I, I never cease to be amazed at, especially at the number of young people that, that my son, but actually both of them, but my oldest son, Marshall, interacts with at college. People who, when you ask them or he's asked them where to go to church, they reference a campus ministry that's a parachurch organization. Like they don't go to church, even though they're believing, believer, believing uh, Christians. They see the ministry, which may be wonderful and fits a really important you know, point and season of people's lives and, and hits them right and does wonderful things. That's not a local church. It's not empowered like the verses we saw before. You need to be part of God's building, the local church. Some for protection of the elements. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. There's a need to provide a barrier of separation between the world and us. The security team is probably the best illustration of this. There are challenges that many of you have no idea about. That things, that interactions with people, people that threaten this church from time to time. And I don't mean like any, I, I have not been here where anybody's threatened anything super serious, but they've threatened to disrupt our church, threatened to, to make a mess of issues, uh, you know, to, to draw attention or call the pastor out while he's on the, on the stage or any number of different things. There are, there, there are people here who prayerfully watch over and protect this church from the outside elements. For visual separation, now this is really interesting to me, transparent moment, probably the most interesting part of the tabernacle that I've never really considered is the, the materials and the structure of the tabernacle were not made out of screen doors. There's a reason why everybody can't see in. And the, the most basic reason, the outer court, if you remember, isn't terribly high. It's fairly big. And I think there's a component of once you give your offering to the Lord and it's being sacrificed, it's kind of not your worry anymore. Years ago, I was in a church where uh, I had given money to the church and one of the pastors was arrested and uh, convicted of stealing from the church. And, and it, for, for a while, it bothered me because 
and, and hear me out, that was my money, but it was never my money. Well, I mean, it was my money for a minute, but after I gave it, it wasn't my money anymore. Like that whole attitude was just an attitude of that I really hadn't fully given it to the Lord, that I still felt some measure of responsibility for what I had given to the Lord. And when, when, a, when a man walked up his offering to that, to that outer court, to that, to that opening of the outer court, and he gave it to the priest, and the priest was going to go in and was going to kill it, he was done. He was done with his job. He had done what he needed to do. So I think there's protection uh, with that. Even what's going on inside, if you will, the tabernacle itself, in the holy place, in the holy of holies, like in there, that is designed to not let everyone in. Only certain people in certain circumstances. So there's visual separation, 1 Corinthians 2.9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared, prepared for them that love him. I don't know what heaven's like. And I'm really kind of glad I do because I probably wouldn't make it through the rest of the day. <laughs> as much as I love my family, if I real and, and, and most all of you, <laughs> most of you, um, as much as I love them, if I really got a glimpse of heaven, and I mean really got a glimpse of heaven, I would want to go. I would want to be there. Um, it, it's just interesting. Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There's a component of faith in the tabernacle that I'd never really considered, where you just bring the offering and trust the, the priest is going to take care of it. Your job was done. First Peter 1.8, whom having not seen, ye love, and whom though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with an unspeakable joy and full of glory. You know, Paul, P- Jesus even addressed this with Thomas. You've seen, uh, but blessed are those that haven't seen and believe. Like there's a whole veil component, and I don't just mean the veil itself, but a veiling concept of the tabernacle that's a beautiful picture of faith. And some of it's for furniture. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be perfect, throughly furnished unto all good works, so that you have everything that you need to operate in this Christian walk. So our last building lesson today, each material or member is important in the construction. Each one of you is important. And if you decide to leave, there will be a gap. And I pray that if you just decide to leave, it's just that we're losing a pinky finger. Who in this church? Oh, Pastor Best. Pastor Best doesn't have all of his digits. If he points a finger at you, it might only be three quarters of one. So he lost part of a finger. Who knew, who did not know that? Who did not know that about Pastor Best? Okay, there's a handful of folks, no pun intended, (laughs) not a full handful, a handful of folks that didn't know Pastor Best was. So if he's preaching and you watch him and he puts up his hand, it's more like this. Um, Anyway, where was I going with that? Oh, he's functioning just fine. But you know what? He can't reach the P and the uh, zero and the shift parentheses quite as easy as you can, right? I had to look at the keyboard. Maybe the, the uh, 
he's probably okay with the, the semicolon and colon. But it's a relatively inconsequential loss. Please don't be like something important like the liver and, and leave. And leave this church in a, in a hurting, or maybe even this ministry in a, in a hurting situation. Our last verse. And not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increase with the increase of God. Increaseth with the increase of God. There's some verse, some language before that that makes this quote a little bit awkward at the beginning. But they are not holding the head, which we should, from which all the, the, all the body, all the joints, you can cut my arm off and I'm going to be okay. You cut my head off? I have yet to see a head transplant. You can, there, there's, a, there's a reason here. The head is important and it supplies the body through joints and bands, all having nourishment and knit together. Why? Because it increases the increase of God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for, uh, we thank you for the materials of the tabernacle. We thank you that each one of them has purpose. Each has its own special characteristics. Uh, Lord, we didn't spend a lot of time. We'll trust that, that we'll get into each of those as we look at different things and as we, as we break the rest of the tabernacle down. But Lord, thank you for the fact that you prepared those specific items before they were needed. And Lord, there was probably a, a tree just growing by the wayside that was just minding its own business and you called it to be part of that of the, the ark, part of the, the table of showbread, part of the temple or the tabernacle rather. Lord, you, you can do amazing work with just people. And so Lord, we just ask that you do that in our lives. Lord, and you, you would receive the honor and glory in Jesus name. Amen. Mm-hmm.